Well, it's that time of year when there are lots of award ceremonies, isn't it? Uh, schools have end-of-year prize nights. Uh, sports teams have their get-togethers and they give out awards. Uh, happens in, in lots of different ways. I don't know if you've been along to any of these this year. Uh, certainly, I have sat through a lot of names being read out. Uh, and, and we have awards for lots of different things, but in one way or another, they're all trying to recognize someone who has achieved something, whether it be the most outstanding player or whether it be the player that's improved the most across the season, whether it's been the one who has shown the best teamwork or sportsmanship or coach's favorite or something like that. It's the award for first in mathematics or the one who has progressed in reading skills, the one who got the most other awards at the Athletics Carnival, the age champion, the most awarded. There's, there's lots of awards, but in some way or another, we always look to honor someone who has stood out from the rest, don't we? Who has risen above the pack. We highlight them. And, and often this ties in with our thinking about who is most worthy. The person who is most worthy is the one who has achieved the greatest, is the one who has been most outstanding, the one who has the most awards, the one who's been recognized by others. Uh, this is often what we think of. And you, you hear, the, you hear the, the speech given for the awards. How often do they say, this person, so-and-so, is truly a worthy recipient of this award? There's a lot of people who are worthy in one way or another. Something stands out. But this can be problematic, can't it? Because of the four people that are highlighted out of the 15 kids in the team, most of them don't get the award. Out of the three students from the class who get to go up and receive a prize, that leaves well, 22, 27, not getting an award. And that can mean that for those people, it's tempting to think of ourselves as unworthy, isn't it? We're not being recognized. We're not being awarded. We can fall into this trap. We're not standing above, standing out, going above and beyond. We're not worthy. Well, today as we turn to Revelation chapter 5, and we continue our exploration of the heavenly throne, there's a search for someone who's worthy. And it's a little bit different from our award ceremonies. So would you turn with me? You can follow along on the screen if you like. Revelation chapter 5. John writes, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals? And open the scroll. But no one in heaven 
or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by four, the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. There you go. In heaven, John beholds the throne, and we've seen some of the details of that already, recognizing how significant and holy is this one sitting on the throne. But here, there's action on the throne. There's a scroll with seven seals and lots of writing on it. And there's a contest to see, or contest to search, to see who is worthy to open the scroll. It wouldn't be interesting if uh, you go to the school prize night and they, they read out the award and you go, the prize for first in mathematics goes to no one. No one. This year was rubbish at mathematics. The prize for first in English for literacy goes to oh, no one. The prize for citizenship goes to no one. No one was worthy. It'd be pretty demoralizing, wouldn't it, if there's no one worthy to accept the awards? It'd be a pretty big condemnation of the students. Well, that's what John sees in heaven. There is a need for someone worthy, and no one can be found. And do you notice where they search? It's not just they're searching among people to see who's good enough. There's no one worthy in heaven or on earth, or under the earth. Think about that. There is no one worthy in heaven. He's just described the heavenly throne and the one sitting on it, whose appearance is so blinding and dazzling, as best he can say, it's kind of like Jasper and Ruby. And yet no one is worthy to open the scroll. None of the angels, none of the elders who are sitting on thrones around the throne, are their thrones around the throne? None of these mysterious beasts are worthy. No one in heaven. And there's no one on earth and no one under the earth, which kind of makes sense. You wouldn't expect to find someone worthy there, would you, in the, in the realm of the dead? And it's demoralizing. John feels... This deeply, he laments that there's no one worthy. He cries. It's important that someone's worthy is found, isn't it? 
we're not exactly told what what is so important about this scroll and why it's necessary that someone open it. We're not given that detail yet. We don't know what will happen when someone reads it. But it's important. And John feels the weight of it. And he weeps that there is no one worthy. But then there's hope. One of the elders says, says, says to John, you don't need to cry. Behold, here is someone worthy. At last, someone's been found. And who is it? Someone impressive, isn't it? Someone deserving. Look at the way he's described. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. The lion. That's impressive, isn't it? That's the kind of thing you'd expect to, to be worthy. The majesty and the weight, the impressiveness, the power of a lion. He has triumphed. Of course, the worthy one is going to be like this. And we get a little bit of a clue here as to why no one worthy could be found in heaven. Because the person that's worthy is of the tribe of Judah. The person that's worthy is human. Descendant of Abraham. A descendant even of King David. But it's also a human who has had victory. Who has triumphed. In what way has he triumphed? It makes sense to read this in the way that no other human has triumphed. This human, this lion, this root has triumphed over sin, has lived without ever succumbing to temptation, has honoured God in every decision, in every inclination of his heart, in every action, in every word. He has triumphed over Satan's temptation. And he is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. At this point, the angel says, this is the lion. This is the person who's worthy. You would expect to see someone impressive. And what does John see as he turns? Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. This is the opposite of the lion, isn't it? It's not impressive. Lambs aren't powerful. They're not majestic. Here, we see something magnificent. See, the one who is worthy, and we might as well call him Jesus because we all know, don't we? That's who we're talking about. Uh, Jesus has triumphed over sin. But notice the manner of his, his victory. It's not just through sheer power and 
overall. He's actually triumphed through weakness. The Son of God has come to earth and taken frail human flesh with all its weakness, with all its inclination to sin, and yet he has resisted. He's not given in to sinful desire. In weakness, he is trusted in his Father, even to the point of yielding up his own life. This is the lamb looking as though it had been slain. This is the one who's worthy, the one who doesn't put himself above the rest. He's worthy not because he rises to the top in majesty, but because he willingly takes his place at the bottom. He steps down into our flesh to do what we could not do. He lives in our broken world. He shares in our pain. And he endures death that he did not deserve. This is the one who is worthy. And, and as I read this in my mind, this is much more magnificent, isn't it? than someone who's just simply kicked a football further than anyone else, who's just managed to spell one word more correctly than everyone else. This is someone much more worthy, someone who serves, someone who takes on suffering for the sake of others. The lamb who has been who has been slain. He's the one who's worthy to receive the scroll. And not just that, he's worthy to stand at the center of the throne. Who else is worthy to be there? But God Himself. He's not only worthy to take the scroll and he will uh, open it, and we'll read about that later on. But he's worthy, notice in verse 8, to receive the worship of the living creatures and the elders. He is worthy. No other human has been worthy in this way. Jesus is worthy. And I, and I love that John has included, and this is the end, the fact that the elders are all holding these bowls full of incense which were, did you notice? He says, the prayers of God's people. The prayers of God's people, the desires and concerns of those who were unworthy are there in the throne room of God before the one sitting on the throne and the Lamb. And I think this is a beautiful image that at the center of the universe, 
with God in all his glory. What does he have there before him? Our cares and worries. The burdens of our life, the things that we're struggling with, they are before him, as unworthy as we are, because of Jesus, the worthy one. There is a way for us to be considered important in God's sight. He doesn't cast us off. No, through Jesus and his victory over sin, even through death, he's opened up a way. And sometimes we feel unworthy. Uh, sometimes other people, um, other people in the way they react and respond to us can, can leave us feeling so small, can't they? People's words and actions are so powerful. They can affect us. But we ought to remember that in God's sight, though we are not perfect and not worthy of the place that Jesus has, we are worthy of being heard because he cares. And we are worthy to the Lamb. We are worthy of him giving up his life. No matter what other people say, in the grand scheme of things, from the center of the universe, we are worthy to God. He doesn't disdain us in our mess of sinfulness. No, he gives up his most precious son. I thought, uh, rather than trying to explain this and get you to be feel the weight of this, I thought I've got a video that can do it much better. So I might watch that to finish. I know it's no one's fault. It's no one's fault that someone is born with a, with a disability. But then you still feel like, but why did this happen to us? Welcome to all of you. Please take a seat. We want to now share a nativity treat. This story of Christmas, we tell it in rhyme. Some actors have lines. Well, some of us mime. I was overwhelmed with grief um, at the loss. But I thought a beautiful baby has got Down syndrome and it's such a disaster. Meanwhile, great Caesar, Augustus in Rome, made a decree to return to your home. For Joseph, this ruling meant Bethlehem town. So they rode on their donkey all the way down. God didn't give me a straightforward answer of why this happened. It just took time for me to realize God's answer was, wasn't so much that it was wrong with Levi as much as there was something wrong with the way I was thinking. Mary was speechless. 
who didn't know how these things could have happened, but still she bowed. I think of Mary, of all she goes through. It's not her plan, it's God's plan. She just goes with it. She's humble, she's calm. She's reassured by the fact that everything's going to be OK. Boy, he has remembered me, his lowly servant. From now on, all the people will call me happy. He has brought down my teachings from the throne and lift up the lowly. What we learned um, was that God was with us. God suffered with us. And, um, and he gave us the most beautiful child and there was no reason for me to grieve or compare her or you know um, you know feel sorry for her you know, in my old view before she taught me I thought she would lack she's not lacking so gathered around that we baby boy all people are welcome and no heaven's joy with angels to donkeys from shepherds to king the little Lord Jesus God's welcome he brings. He came to all darkness from heaven above. He stooped to the crib and the cross out of love. He shared in our weakness and weakness and mess, and still he embraced us nevertheless. If you're feeling rejected, excluded the stranger, remember the one who came down to the manger. He's the one who is worthy, who comes down. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you that you don't cast us off in our weakness and sin, but that you consider us in our lowly estate. Thank you for the worthy one, your son, Jesus. We thank you for his triumph. We thank you for his love and care for us who are so undeserving. And please help us to remember him and his worth, especially at this season of Christmas. We pray in his name. Amen.